Good evening. Welcome to the Brothers of Happy Valley. This is your host, Mauricio Molina, Penn State class of 1997. With me tonight, Daryl Shearing, Penn State class of 1998, former McKeesport campus alum, 1993 to 1996. He's an engineering major, deck hockey president, student council, and also a founding father, Kappa Phi Sigma. Originally from Mount Washington, Pennsylvania. Daryl, welcome. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> How are you doing tonight? Uh, making it happen. That's, uh, that's what I always do. Excellent. You have been one of the people, uh, I would say, that has been more difficult, on the more difficult end to find, but I'm so happy that we have reconnected uh, and that we've been spending time getting getting through old stories and, and getting reacquainted back on virtual happy hour. Uh, it's just great to have you back in our lives. And, and you have been one of the people that, that the brotherhood has really been, whose story the brotherhood has been asking for. Thank you very much. I had no idea. <laughs> I thought I was readily available, but I guess not. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's it's been it's been a little bit, a little difficult tracking some people down, and, and life gets in the way. But obviously, with the tragedy cur- currently occurring, we, we've got a lot of time on our hands, and or some of us do. And you know, my my best the people who are first responders, our brothers who are out there still working um, and working from home. So, but let's uh, let's get into your story a little bit, uh, and and I want to somewhat ask some questions that are maybe a little different than where we've started because you were one of um, a handful of brothers who, who went off to Barrett after McKeesport. So first of all, I, I kind of touched upon um, touched upon some things in, in terms of your McKeesport background. Uh, talk a little bit about what that year was like before the fraternity started because you were there for a year and in the dorms uh, prior to Kappa Phi Sigma uh, beginning on the campus. So you could please sure um you know i was uh basically just getting my feet wet i had um never even been to a college um before i mean i know a lot of a lot of guys probably went and saw their cousin or their brother or things like that but um it was completely foreign to me and i spent the first year just um getting a hold of the system (laughs) there was uh you know, I, I had no idea what I was getting into. Completely understand. Now, you were the deck hockey president um, when I arrived. What were you? Did you participate in deck hockey prior? Did you um, Did you start the club? How did that go? Um, my roommate and I were huge hockey fans, mm-hmm. and um, because you know, Penn or McKeesport had a. Um, Renzi Park right next to us with the deck hockey court there. We started playing um, and then realized that, hey, we could, you know, ask student government to, to fund a team. Um, you know, didn't know that we'd get so many people. We actually ended up with two teams. Um, and, you know, the, you know, once you guys came and stepped behind it, we had, you know, a tremendous time. Uh, there were so many things we... We had we had such a blast. Um, you were a mascot for a game, and <laughs> I remember that. Our, I think it was a blue and white game, if I remember. Yes, it was. Both I teams remember. playing each other. It's good times. Definitely good times. All right. Yeah. Um, and you're originally from Mount Washington, or you're? Is that correct? Uh, my my dad. I my dad uh, grew up in Mount Washington, lived there all his life, and um, when my parents were together, that's where they lived. Um, when they got divorced, um, I lived with my mother in the Baldwin area. So that's actually how I met up with Denny, uh, and, um, May Damon's, uh, wife. Um, well, we all went to school for, at Baldwin. So. Okay. All right. Excellent. So, all right, well, let me get into this, uh, for you. And, sure. and really, I want to start with, um, that, that kind of covers a little bit of a summary of McKeesport, but I really want to talk about. When you left McKeesport, you, you left in 1996. Um, you were heading off to Barron. Kind of talk to me about the the plans for that. What you what you guys were doing. Um, what was it like? I know breaking off uh, from guys that you had been with for so long 
and now all of a sudden starting over in a larger campus, not a lot of housing, from my understanding, on, on Barron's campus. Um, talk to me a little bit about the plans and the transition to Barron. Um, well, it ended up being um, Dennis and Brian Gurry and um, Cordell. Uh, well, I always forget it, James. Um, we, you know, we all were going to Barron. That's just where our, our path took us for, you know, our degrees. And we, um, decided we were just going to get a house up there and live off campus because there wasn't much on, you know, on campus housing other than dorms. And, uh, we loaded up a U-Haul truck and we convoyed up to Barron and, you know, in hopes of, um, you know, perhaps starting another chapter or, you know, just being ourselves. Um, when we got there, you know, life got in the way. <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was a completely different experience. It was a lot larger. I mean, I know it was nothing compared to you guys going to State College, but, um, you know, it was a def- definite um, experience. I had never lived other than the dorms away from home. So um, living in my own home or our own home up there, um, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely different. Okay. What was the campus like? I- I've never been to Barron. I'm sure a lot of people have not been to Barron. Um, so I'm kind of curious. Pretty campus. What, what was it like? Um, it, it, I, it was basically back then, it was a larger McKeesport. Um, you had... Uh, you know, a couple of buildings that housed the education department, not education departments, but the classes. You had a large library, um, a union building. Um, you know, the dorms were up on the hill, and um, above, above them they had quads, um, you know, where the, the four rooms and the common living areas. Um, other than that, it was a large McKeesport. Uh Back then, they were just starting to offer degrees up there. Um, being in mechanical engineering, you know, I thought maybe I could finish out up there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, it, you know, we, we got up there, and I, I, I did a lot of learning <laughs> as far as in my life and who I was and where I was going. So, okay. but, yeah, no, the campus was beautiful. It was, it was great being um, in Erie. Um, I had never lived in another city, so... Being in Erie, I you know love to go to the you know we experienced Presque Isle and a lot of those things. Um, I, I enjoy it. I still go there. Uh, I fish up there a lot, and uh, I've been by the college a few times, and you would not recognize it now. It is it's huge. Uh, they've <laughs> redone highways around it just to to, to you know uh, keep keep the the school alive, I guess, or alive, okay. but. Uh, Keep expanding. Keep the, the fee. Yeah, yeah, keep expanding. Okay, all right. That's I mean, you know, progress can't stop progress, right? Uh, so, so you were a mechanical engineering major. Um, I, look, the only thing I know about the earring, uh, about the engineering program at Penn State was that people were passing their classes because everything was curved. Because people would come out of there with a with a thirty eight on their on their exams and talking about how difficult it was. And most of those people that I knew that were doing it. Uh, were brilliant. So help me out. What was that like? What, what were the challenges of going through uh, one of the more, one of the better known majors at Penn State? Well, I didn't make it all the way through, so it wasn't that easy. <laughs> I can tell you that. I, um, you know, I, I have a very mechanical mind. Um, all the practical classes where I could apply things were, they came very easy to me. I, I could tell you every, every load on a truss um, but you put a you know five credit math course in front of me, and there was I had no chance in hell, um, and that's why I ended up leaving the engineering courses um, and pursuing other avenues. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it it uh, you know being at a branch campus and doing it, it was such a small class size. I mean I, th- I believe there was only seven or eight of us in the class at McKeesport. It made it it made it very easy, um, at least for me. To, to to do all that, um, it, it, it it was grueling though. It really was. Uh, you know, if it weren't for like I said, my seven other students, yeah, I don't think any of us would have gotten through it. 
Right. Well, I, look, I, I said it's a challenge. I can't even imagine. Um, but, <laughs> but hey, that's <laughs> it's, it's what the school is known for. I don't know that they uh, that they really want to weed people. I, I just don't. I don't understand. But I get it. Were the were the professors? I mean, even at McKeesport, were they? You're talking about needing the other people in your classes. Uh, did they try to make it cutthroat? Was it meant to be challenging? I mean, we had to have uh, in the College of Education. If you didn't have a 3.0, you you weren't getting in into the College of Education when you had to apply after three semesters. Um, and sometimes I believe they were trying to make it difficult. Uh, and essentially create a curve. But was that that's what it was like in engineering, or, or no? Do you think the professors uh, were helpful? At McKeesport, no. I mean, they were always uh, pretty readily available. Uh, they would work out, work things out with you, and, and not things, but less, you know, the the classes and <coughs> excuse me. And um, no, I, I loved it, my teachers down there. It was uh, it was. I'm glad I went to a branch campus. I don't think I could have done anything to what I've done in my life without going to a branch campus. Going to a large university would have been <laughs> a short-lived uh, proposition. <laughs> All right, okay. All right, so when did you, uh, what, what was Barron like? Uh, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm curious because I didn't get to hear a lot of the stories about Barron, what was going on, and, and obviously, you know, we're keeping it family friendly, but what, what was that like? Sure. What was it living with the guys? I mean, uh, was it uh, was it more of a of a party school? Was it more of a you know serious education environment? What, what did you guys find when you guys got up there? Um, for us, and for myself, I can't speak for anybody else. Um, it it uh, yeah, I could say party school. Uh, we we uh, tended tend, tend, we went a little overboard. <laughs> um, learned a lot of life lessons. Um, you know, I, I, at that stage in my life, I still had no clue what I wanted to do. And, um, Baron was, um, probably not the right place for me, but, um, once again, I learned a lot of life lessons up there. It, uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't for, for me, it wasn't very educational, uh, other than, like I said, life experiences. Okay. All right. Um, so let's talk about when you left Barron. When did you leave Barron? I left Barron in 98. Um, I stayed up there for the summer after um, the, but our one semester our, our one semester up there. And I worked up there for a waterproofing company. Um, and just, you know, like I said, living on my own for the first time in a way, I took full advantage of that and... Um, you know, and, and I enjoyed Erie for the summer. I worked up there, stayed in the house, uh, by myself, <laughs> which was kind of creepy, but, okay. uh, yeah, it was, it was, um, right. sorry. I no, no, lost track of the thought. You heard yeah. good. All right. Um, so what was the lake like? I mean, was it, was it a beautiful place in the summer? I've heard a lot of, th- a lot of different things, but, um, was it a beautiful uh, the, place the in the summer? Is- gorgeous um like i said i fish up there uh at least five six you know i try to get up as much as possible i don't fish the actual lake i fish tributaries for steelhead but um the lake is gorgeous uh you know back in the day um they used to say never eat the fish out of out of erie um then they introduced some uh zebra mussels which actually cleaned the lake uh if you go up there now um back in the day it was like green sludge um you know, on the beaches and things like that. But the lake is so crystal clear now. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. Um, you know, I w- I've been wanting to take the boys up there for a camping trip because you could actually go up there and camp on the beach in Presque Isle. Uh, Sarah Point Campground's up there. And um, I'm hoping to do it this summer if everything works out. Um, now that they're old enough and I don't have to worry, my wife tends to worry about <laughs> anything with water or outside. So... <laughs> But um, it, it, is, it is an incredible state park. Uh, if you ever get the chance to go take a look and just take a weekend up there, there's so much to do in Erie. Right. You know, you can in the winters, you know, the Erie Otters, and in the summer, I guess they have baseball and different things up there. Um, but it, it just, it's a great area. You know, the, uh, the only time I've ever 
really eerie has come to mind was anytime I'm flipping through channels and I see that movie, that thing you do. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No. It's just a movie. It starts off no, in Erie, I, Pennsylvania. Movie, but yeah. And I, I think of you guys. I'm like, oh, Erie? I'm like, there's, you know, there's two things. The, uh, our old housing coordinator, Renee Glass. Uh, and, oh, yeah. And you guys. That's what I think about. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I can't see Erie coming up too often in a conversation or anywhere, but (laughs) amazing how, how things get linked together. All right. So, for sure. So you left Erie, um, after the summer, after working for a water company, talk to me about the, you you went back to Pittsburgh, correct? No, I actually, um, my last, my, one of my classes up in in Barron was a arts class and, um, my teacher took, um, she took a liking to me and, you know, and, and what I was doing with my artwork and she really opened my eyes. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed engineering. I enjoyed the, the hands on the, you know, all, like I said, the detailed end of it, you know, the math I couldn't, you know, unless I could apply it, didn't mean anything to me. And she opened my eyes to the, the art field. Um, and um, I did some drawings. I did some stuff in her class. She, she said, hey, you really should be a medical illustrator or something like that because of the detail in my work. Um, and I, you know, started looking and thinking, you know, in, when I had a clear head up there, um, you know, what, what the hell am I doing in engineering? My, my family um, said, hey, that's, you know, you're, you're good at math. You're good at this. You're good at that. You know, that's what you should do. And that, that's why I went uh, into an engineering degree. I, my family said, hey, that's where I needed to be. And I take a lot of stock in what my family said. So that's what I was doing. But, um, you know, I think the biggest turning point in my life was probably in Barron because I didn't, uh, it, you know, things had gotten crazy. And I had, uh, so anyway, uh, back to what I was talking about. The, um, my art, my art teachers, you know, started saying, Hey, you know, you should, you know, really consider doing art. You should consider doing this. So I I started looking around and I, um, I discovered Edinburgh and I was like, wow, it's an art school. And I looked into it and I said, Holy hell, you know, maybe this is where I need to be. I, you know, and, um, I found, uh, graphic design, which was, you know, a combination of, you know, basically what you see in print and what you see on television and everything, um, you know, and it just sparked my attention and I, I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So I ended up, um, applying, obviously getting in. I had so many different credits to begin with. And, um, I moved directly down the road to Edinburgh. Oh, wow. Okay. 30 miles away. I moved into an, an adult norm. No, I, I take that back first year I was there, I, um, was looking for an apartment and, uh, they hooked me up with this other gentleman who was looking for an apartment and we had an off campus apartment. Um, didn't know the guy from Adam and, uh, <laughs> we just moved in and, you know, I mean, we both found our own friends, but, uh, you know, it was, a uh, not knowing anybody at all there. I, I knew nobody. I just, uh, took the leap of faith and that's what I did. Okay. All right. Wow. So you went to Edinburgh. So you end up in art school. Did, was there, is there a major in art school? Is there like, yeah, I, I major, I, I, I went in for, um, graphic design. So applied media arts, graphic design. Um, and just started working my way through. I mean, there was a lot of issues with credits transferring, not transferring. I mean, I, you know, I, I, didn't matter to me. I'm like, do what you have to do. I'll do what I have to do and, 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 uh, make this happen. But, uh, it, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a huge, huge thing in my life. <laughs> I never thought about it that way. That's great. I just did it. And that's, that's who I am. I just do it. I don't think about it other than, is it a good decision or a bad decision? But That's wonderful. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, so just so you know what I'm going to ask you, um, and for anybody listening, just so that you're aware uh, right now, Daryl can see me. I can't see him. Not a big deal. Uh, but I'm going to ask him a question, and I'm going to run off for just a minute uh, because I want to 
uh, something, I've got something that ties into this, but I'm going to ask you a question. I can still hear you. I'm not running off too far, but if you can't see me, just keep going. But um, I, I definitely want to ask you what, what your time was there like in the art school, um, what classes were like, what, you know, I mean, because now you're, you've left people that you've been with for two, three years at this point, um, and, and you've gone off on your own. So that's, uh, you know, that's a big step for a lot of people. Most of the guys have been talking about how they go back to areas of comfort, and, and you took a big step outside the box, and here you are, all of a sudden, new world, new life, away from everybody, uh, in the middle of your college career. So can you touch upon that for a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Um, I went to Edinburgh. Um, my cousin had gone there, so I had, you know, her, her words of wisdom, um, and... Uh, you know, going to art school, I knew I knew going in that hey, it's something I enjoy. So, and I had done the engineering thing and no, no, had known that that's probably not for me. Um, Edinburgh uh, was a one stoplight town, and it <laughs> it was pretty much known as a party school. But I really wasn't going there for that. I, uh, you know, had my mindset that I wanted to. You know, get things straight here in my life, and um, you know, the school itself was you know small. Um, as far as you know, a university goes, the it wasn't state college, but it was definitely a lot larger than the key sport and a lot larger than Barron. Um, it was cold there. Um, we, you know, there were nights that I went to bed and I woke up with two foot of snow on the ground, uh, and we still went to class. Uh, uphill both ways, but, uh, you know, it was, it was, um, it was a great school. I, I enjoyed the art program because they made, they made you take a, a, a large, um, a large, you know, a diverse section of, of the art courses. Um, I took everything from, um, <laughs> nude, nude, nude figure painting and, or nude figure drawing all the way up to, uh, jewelry design. Um, which I really enjoyed, um, which I had the time to do that kind of stuff. But I think that falls back on the mechanical, you know, engineering side of me. And um, I, I loved it there. We, it was, you know, it was, it was a small town. I think I'm meant to live in a small town at some point in my life. But uh, it, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of, a lot of learning. And it was uh, definitely where I needed to be at that point in my life. That's great. That's really great. I'm really glad that you found your found your niche and found a place to be where you can pursue what you loved. Uh, I am going to stop my screen share for just a minute, and I want to make sure. certain that you see this, and I, w I want your reaction to this, because this, my friend, is a Daryl Shearing original. <laughs> I, I did that? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. I don't even remember. Yes, you did. <laughs> this, this is it. Tell everybody what you're looking oh, at. Wow. Tell everybody what you're looking at. And remember, you, you know, you were nicknamed the beaver. That's why this is, that's why okay. it's a beaver. So tell everybody what you're looking at. And, <laughs> and you can't remember, so that, that's not helping me. But see if you I can. honestly, I, have, I do not remember that at all. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm 100% positive. Wow. I have no idea. <laughs> so Darryl, yeah, we had, we had some fun at McKeesport, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, Daryl's looking at a t-shirt design that he did for a basketball tournament that we put out and didn't get supported on campus. Uh, but it's, uh, I mean, that's a blast from the past. So... Wow. I wanted to make certain I pulled it out that the t-shirt's getting a little yellow, but you know, there's, there's some memories that I've literally toted across the country with me, uh, because it just reminds me of you guys and, and special times. So, all right. So I actually have, I have the, um, the hockey jerseys that we had made through student council. I still have those in my nice. closet. Nice. All right. So you finish up at, uh, what I was, I was just going to say Gannon. That was wrong. Edinburgh. Edinburgh, sorry. 
You finish up at Edinburgh. No, I, I spent uh, I spent an additional I spent four total years there. Don't ask me how. Okay. Um, I, I seven years of college. I should be a doctor. That's what uh, <laughs> one of my running jokes is. But um, I ended up meeting my wife there. But I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that later. No, well, we were. So um, that's 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 really good. So I'm sorry. I said we will. So that's actually good. Good. Good piece of information to know. So. Talk to me about the transition from from Edinburgh. Where did you go at that point? Um, after Edinburgh, I came back home. <laughs> Finally, I came back home after five years, and um, I moved in with my father. And um, you know, having you know met my wife at, at, at Edinburgh, um, you know, we just started. I looking for our looking for our careers, looking for our jobs. Um, I started out uh, working for a printing company downtown Pittsburgh, and I just started working my way up. I mean, obviously, printing is not graphic design, but um, most people that are in the field start in the printing industry. Um, you know, now printing industry is dead; they're dying, and uh, that's, that's, I started there and, and on familiar grounds and then started, um, you know, planning the rest of my life with my wife. So, or mm-hmm. soon to be wife. And that, that's where I, I came back to, uh, worked for a small printing company and, uh, went from that printing company to another printing company. Cause that's just the way the business is. And, um, Right around the time my wife and I got married, I ended up landing a position here in the North Hills, um, like less than a mile from my home at a medium-sized printing company. And, um, you know, we bought a home up here, and that's that's where we've been. Oh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's circle back around then. Um, sure. So, so you, you met your wife, or your future wife, at Edinburgh. Uh, you moved. Sure. You moved back together to Pittsburgh. No, I moved in with my father for a time. She was actually um, she's from Greensburg. Okay. And she was actually commuting into Pittsburgh from Greensburg, which is about an hour commute every day, yeah. in okay. forward and backward. And um, she was actually driving a commuter van, which was my tiny little wife was driving a fifteen passenger commuter van to save herself a few bucks. Um, you know, they, they paid for, you know, it was a, a fee to, to be on the van, but if you drove the van, then you only had to pay half, you know, for each trip. So it was, it was kind of funny. She, she's like, I used to drive the van in the mornings because everyone was sleeping and they didn't care how I drove. So, <laughs> well, we do what we have to do, right? Until, until we get to where we're going. Um, all right. So I'm going to go, oh, absolutely. I'm going to go off script. Uh, so Sure. Sorry about that, but all right. So, talk to me about you know. You're fine. You're meeting meeting your wife. You you met her up in Edinburgh or in that area. Talk. Yes. When did? How did you meet her? When did you first see her? Tell the story. Okay. It was sure. It was my second year up there. Um, I had collected a group of friends. Um, they actually lived in the apartment building I was living in, and we just headed off. You know, we were all easy going and. You know, like to have a good time, but, you know, took care of business. Um, all of us were, no, I take that back. Two of us, three of us were art majors, and the other one was an education major, which I was quite familiar with education folks from being at, at Penn State with everybody. I understand, yeah. And, um, you know, we hit it off. So we, we ended up uh, getting a, uh, renting a, uh, a cottage for our one year over on Lakeside, which Edinburgh has a little lake. Um, and it's, it's a vacation destination for people, but the owners rented it out to college students, quite a few of them during the school year, and then they'd have it for themselves. So we rented a cottage and my one roommate, uh, he was friends, um, not friends. He was in a group, the history club and, you know, he kept trying to, you know, Hey, why don't you come to history club? And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm not that into history. But uh, his buddy and um, my friend decided, hey, we're going to you know, have a dinner. Why don't you come? I said, fine, I'll come. So what are we having? Pierogies. I said, great. So we're, we, we went. I like pierogies. Uh, you know, just, yeah, pierogies. <laughs> and uh, we, 
I went to uh, this guy's apartment, and here he had he was living with three women. That three girls were his roommates, and um, believe it or not, my wife and I met there over a plate of pierogies. Uh, <laughs> nice. So it's a little Pittsburgh connection. Um, we met, and I called her Christy uh, with a T for about the first two months that I've met her, and no one corrected me. So um, I call her and hey, you know, is Christy there? Or, you know, we didn't have cell phones back then, so is Christy there? And, and no one said anything. So I kept calling her Christy uh, until her one roommate, her best friend, uh, said, "Did you call her Christy?" And I'm like. Yeah, that's her name, right? And they're like, no, it's Chrissy. So I was completely embarrassed for, you know, ever. And still don't live it down. But uh, how was I to know? <laughs> but no, we met over a plate of pierogies. Um, and we both actually folded our napkin the exact same way when the meal was over. So it was love at first, pierogi, folding mm-hmm. napkins. I don't know. That's great. That's great. So, <laughs> all right. So, um, So you guys... Go through. You you end up leaving. You're you're in Mount Washington. She's in Greensburg. Uh, yep. How did you when you've settled? I, I believe you're settled in Cranberry, correct? Uh, North Hills. North Hills. Uh, where um, I'm sure everyone that went you know knows where Ross Park Mall is. You know that is has been the McKee Sport anyways. Ross Park Mall. I live two miles from Ross Park Mall. I'm, I'm on the edge of McCandless and Ross Township. Okay. Right. Not, not far from North Park. A lot of people may know North Park, too. Okay. Uh, what year did you get married? Oh, Christ. 16 years ago. You, <laughs> it will you, be 16 years, so that would be... Don't ask me. I'm I, I, won't ask, I won't ask you the date so you don't get in trouble. I'm awful <laughs> with dates. I'm awful. <laughs> she knows. She doesn't, uh, she doesn't uh, <laughs> fault me for that. So, Many other things, but not that. So 16 years ago, so you're talking about 2004, you get married. Um, yes, that's four's right. Okay. Have you, at what point, I mean, were you keeping in touch with anybody from from the old guard? I mean, what what had happened at that you point? You know, uh, after Baron and, and Denny and I, we, we, we talked from time to time. Uh, Denny likes to pop in and out, as everybody knows. And, um, you know, we just... Uh, you know, hung out here, hung out there. Um, after my wedding, um, a bit, uh, I was still uh, talking to Damon, and uh, they were in my wedding. And uh, no, I, I, I didn't. I really didn't keep touch with anybody. Uh, I know you guys had gone to state college, and then we did the Baron thing. And, you know, it was like, okay, I sort of screwed that up almost. And, you know, didn't know, didn't know anything. And I guess ignorance is bliss in, in that, in, at that time. But now I'm realizing how much I really lost out on. <laughs> uh, I think we all we all did something here and there that kind of uh, created the same issue for all of us at one point or another. But uh, good yeah. thing that we're... Life's full of decisions. You, yes. you, you learn from them. That's all you can do. And that's why we're here talking about it. That's a great thing. Okay, so Amen. three kids. Tell me, tell me career-wise what happened. You ended up... How did you go from, um, you know, starting to work uh, for a plant, for a printing company, to owning your own business? And and then we'll, we'll talk sure. a little bit about your wife and your kids. Go ahead. Okay. I, um, I, I worked for the printing, the smaller printing company, onto another printing company. And like I said, before I got married, I landed a position at a, a medium-sized printing company up here. And I ended up working for them for almost eight years, seven years. The math, once again. But uh, it, it, and then they decided to merge. Um, they had four, lo- three locations. They decided to merge all of them into one and started getting rid of people. Um, I thought my job was okay for quite a while. They had laid off quite a few people, and basically, I was the last one that they had laid off. Um, so I said, "Oh shit, what am I going to do now?" Um, and that was right around the time my second son was born. Um, so I said, screw this. I'm going to throw caution to the wind again. And um, I, I'm going to work nights. I'm going to find something that I could stay home with my kids, raise my own kids, and um, not have to pay someone else to raise my children. 
So I found a job at Lowe's. Um, a brand new Lowe's store was opening up uh, about three miles from the house here. And um, with my background and my loving personality, uh, they hired me immediately. I went to my interview and uh, they they couldn't have me sign paperwork fast enough. Um, but basically, the only position they had that had a, a nighttime steady position was unloading trucks. So that's what I did. I, I, um, I started up there when Evan was born, right before he was born. And um, I stayed home. I raised my kids. Uh, and uh, I unloaded trucks uh, every night. Uh, th- or was it uh, Sunday through Thursday night? I got there and got dirty. And then um, eventually they found out that I had a brain. So they made a position for me at Lowe's. Uh, Anytime there was an issue, they would come back and find me. Like this customer has this problem, and and you know, the the person in the you know say plumbing, he has no clue. He's an idiot. And I'm like, well, go figure. You know, as long as you pass the skills test, they'll hire anybody. And so they, um, after the long story short, the, the management was all fired. They had new management come in, and the new manager is like, why is this guy unloading trucks? And Mike, he had me in for a meeting, and I said, because that's the only schedule that that works for me and in my lifestyle. And um, he's like, no, this isn't going to happen. So he instantly puts me on the floor. And uh, basically my job for the last four years I was there was to walk around and help customers. Uh, basically I got to walk around and bullshit every night for four years. Wow. And um, I had customers that used to come in and, would only deal with me. It was it was it was kind of funny. Um, you know, people in the department used to used to get commissions and stuff, and they're like, "Nah, sorry." You know? <laughs> so, um, and that's that's what brought me to my current career. Um, my dad and I and my brother had some apartment buildings that we, uh, you know, uh, rented out and fixed up and did all kind of stuff. And that's sort of where I started picking up, you know, uh, home skills and and things like that. But uh, it, it was uh, every day at Lowe's I would hear, oh, that's, you know, that sounds easy for you. You know, I'm the customers. I'm explaining to them. I said, oh, yeah, you can you can do this. And they're like, no, I can't. I'm like, what do you mean you can't? And uh, I said, just do this, 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 and this. And people would be like, okay, so when are you coming to my house? <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, well, I, I'm not allowed, but, uh, you know. So I started thinking, like, hey, what am I going to do when Evan starts school? And and that that that's it. That's what I did. I said, well, hell, if someone's willing to have me come to their house and pay me to fix their commode or remodel their bathroom or remodel their kitchen or, you know, simple stuff like changing out an outlet or, you know, just, you know, hanging a blind. I, I have customers that. I go out and I hang her artwork. I have a customer who's a portrait artist and I go hang her artwork for her. You know, it's, it's, uh, no one else does that. You know, there's no one out there that does the little stuff. You know, everybody wants the, the big payday or, um, so it's super gratifying. Uh, I enjoy every minute of it. Um, the older customers are my favorite. Uh, I have some customers in their 90s that are still living in their own homes and, they're like, you're the reason we can stay in our home because our kids want us to sell. And I, I love every minute of it. Um, so that's 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 how I started my business. That's that was the progression of wow. where I started and where I am. That's excellent. You know, my, my wife is in the next room. And if she's if she's hearing you, I'm sure when this is all over, she's going to send you a plane ticket. Um, no, look, she just said, uh-huh. I don't know <laughs> if you I heard hear that it. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Because, uh, you know, I can, I can pull out anything out of a box and destroy it without even, you know, getting into step three of, of the directions. So, all right. So uh, what is your wife currently doing? Hopefully not driving back and forth from Greensburg. Uh, no. <laughs> no, she, um, she, her and I were both graphic designers, too. So that was another thing in common, um, you know, that drew us together. But uh, she's still a graphic designer. She started out like I did at a printing company um, for three or four years. Um, she had some, her, her printing company was a larger company, so they did a lot of um, books and medical journals and stuff. So there was quite a few things that I had to hear about that uh, you would not believe what they had me photo retouching in a medical journal. 
<laughs> so that was, but um, she eventually moved on from there. She got a job for a uh, engineering company as their graphic designer. Um, and she's been there over 20 years now, uh, I think 20, 20, 22 years, something like that. I, you know, dates, I'm awful, but she, um, yeah, she's been there for a long time and she's their sole graphic designer for the Pittsburgh or from PA, Ohio, West Virginia. Um, so she does, um, Actually, a lot of the things, uh, you know, like the, the bigger, they, they do a lot of work for PennDOT. So a lot of the um, the graphics you see on television at times for like road projects and things like that. Um, the Greenfield Bridge, I'm sure you know, the, the Greenfield Bridge was the bridge when you came outside of the Squirrel Hill Tunnels heading towards town. Yep. They used to have the bridge under the bridge. Yes. Her company did the, did the redo on that. So like all of her, you know, the, the city was, you know, the parkway was shut down. So the, um, the graphics that were done for that, that they showed on TV were all hers, you know, um, you know, she did all the drawings, you know, and things like that. She took all the engineer drawings and made them look pretty basically. Yeah, that's, a, that's quite and, a feather uh, in her cap. That's great. Yeah, That is great. All right. So three kids, all boys. Yes. Two, uh, kids. two, two kids, kids, two kids, all boys. Sorry. I'm not trying to jinx you. Yes. Um, <laughs> what? Oh God! Uh, you know what? What? How old are they? What are they doing? What are their names? So that we all know and we see sure. them and give them a hug and call them by name and they're wondering who these guys are that know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, my oldest son is Wyatt. He is twelve. Uh, he is a. Uh, what is he into? What is he doing? Uh, you know, we we've tried a plethora of sports with both boys. Um, soccer, the baseball, basketball, Evan's even done boxing in the past year. Um, you know, I'm just going, I'm looking at your paperwork here. You had sent me, but, uh, you know, he, he is a, uh, incredibly kind child. He loves, you know, everything. He's, he's, he's a lot like his dad. <laughs> um, they, you know, but he's, he's, uh, baby pictures. Him and I are identical. Uh, you know, he, he's uh, into gaming, as all the kids are. Uh, he's actually a pretty good musician. Uh, he started out, believe it or not, he picked up a guitar one day. He had a cheapy guitar. And he just, you know, went on, you know, he figured out, I don't know, I think he was online or something. And he just started playing. And we're like, uh -huh. where did that come from? So um, he's coming full circle with that because... Um, then he decided he wanted to be into drums. So I got him a full drum kit. We have a, you know, not a big house, but we had a full drum set in our basement for quite a while. And he just picked it up. He sat down and he would listen to music and just play it. Um, in school, a couple of years ago, they, you know, he was able to start music. And so he, the, they give him a little, um, uh, trial. Hey, try this instrument, try that instrument. And the, the, the instructor basically said he can play whatever he wants to play. So he picked the trumpet. He's been playing that for a few years. But uh, starting middle school next year, they actually have a guitar, um, like a, a guitar, that's not lessons, but it's like a, a music thing. So he's actually going to pick the guitar back up again. Um, you know, he's got a couple of really nice guitars, and he's, uh, he's really looking forward to that. That's great. Uh, my youngest, Evan, he's nine. Um, He's the one that Wes was laughing at, that he takes after Wes, because anything with an engine, it's Evan. Um, you know, I, I bought him a motorcycle, small little, like, pocket bike sort of thing, you know, but they call them pit bikes. And uh, I'm forever fixing that. Uh, between that and the RC cars, and he's uh, he's got a one-track bind, and that's what he's into. Um yeah, that, that's that's my boys, and I have a, I have a dog. I have a miniature Schnauzer. She is 100% trouble. We just got her <laughs> last year. We had we had one before. We had Ebony, our first Schnauzer. For she she was not nine when she died. Um, we lost her to diabetes and the diabetes, and um, we have Tessa now. We bought got her last year. I was pushing my wife. I said, we need another dog. We need another dog. We were on vacation. I kept showing her pictures. She's like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I said, we're on vacation. You have time now. So we went 
you know, round and round and round. We almost brought a dog home from Myrtle Beach, but uh, we thought better of that and came home. And um, so we have a miniature schnauzer. He, I, I think she jumped on the video the one night we were all talking. But, um, yeah, so that's that's kids and a dog. <laughs> All right. How, how do you guys spend, uh, you know, family time? Is there anything that you guys do that, uh, you know, you guys work around? A or? lot of things outdoors. Um, we do travel. Um, we have friends that live in York, PA. I mean, we're not big travelers. Uh, we've been to uh, Florida a few times. We've been down to um, Lauderdale. We've been to Daytona on, you know, family trips, you know, right. week-long family trips. <clears throat> um, we love to do camping. Um, and fishing, um, they just opened our trout season the other day, unbeknownst to everybody. They just opened it here in PA, which is kind of weird, <coughs> but, uh, the kids can't wait to go fishing. Uh, we're really into camping. Um, I'm actually building a camper right now for us. We have one, we have a pop-up camper that we've been using for years. I redid the whole thing and, um, it's a 1973 Apache, which is, like a cult following, like a VW bug following sort of thing. It's kind of crazy. I lucked into it and uh, redid it. And we take that out and we like to go, you know, camping whenever we can. Uh, my wife despises it, but she'll put up with it a few times a year. So that's what we really enjoy doing. Um, so that, yeah, that's it. I mean, we, we're, we're sort of homebodies. We like to stay home. Um, but other than getting out into nature and, you know, that's that's what we do for fun. <laughs> we, oh, we also have a beach. My my in-laws have a beach house in Ocean City, so we go down there three four times a year. Right. <coughs> nothing nothing like walking the boardwalk and eating some cotton candy. So that's a that's a big thing. Thrasher's fries. <laughs> and uh, the fractured prune donuts. If everyone's ever had a fractured prune donut, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I'll have to remember that next time I'm on the East Coast. All right. Yeah, they're handmade. They're, they're, it's like a franchise, and they're they have this little setup with this little fryer, and they just they have a menu, and you just pick them. They they hand make them right in front of you, and they're like boiling hot grease filled goodness. Everything that's bad for you, but tastes so good. I hear you. Wonderful. All right. So, um, life challenges. Anything that anything that you want to share? Anything that's you know that's kind of been difficult. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I lost, um, family's always been important to me and, you know, I've always kept the small group of people, not a small group. My family's always been my group. You know what I mean? That that's, and I ended up losing quite a few family members to cancer, um, over the past, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, first was my father which was unexpected. He uh, came down with uh, stomach cancer and myself and his fiance basically cared for him until the day he died. Um, it was, it was absolutely awful. <laughs> I, you know, um, in, in, in it, it, it's, uh, it hit me, all of them hit me hard, but my dad was uh, bad and um, having taken care of him, was uh, quite difficult. At the same time, my mother had come down with cancer. She had breast cancer, um, and she she fought it for 12 years, um, eventually had metastasized into the bones and into her brain. So we lost her after my father. Um, then my aunt was just before, she, she passed just before my dad, a brain cancer. And then most recently, um, family-wise, I lost uh, my uncle to... Um, lung cancer. So it, it's been a pretty crazy ride. Um, and, you know, being that I was so tight with my family, it was challenging to say the least. And I also lost a couple of good friends to cancer. Um, and a friend that, uh, you know, it was a rare blood cancer and a, another one that was lung cancer. So it's, uh, it, 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 that is probably the biggest challenge in my life. How did you um, how did you handle it? How what was it like? And one, I'm I'm really sorry that you had to go through. Basically, that. what how I handle it is the maker's gonna. <laughs> not I'm not a religious guy, but when it's our time, it's our time, and 
Um, you know, I, I learned to live, to live, live with, live it, live in the now. You know, I, you know, I try to spend more time with my friends and family, especially my children. Um, I try to give them things that, and more importantly, teach them things that I wish I'd have known when I was younger that, you know, would help me live my life now and live their lives now. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it was, <laughs> it's, I have a hard time talking about it. It was very, it was a very challenging time. And it all started basically when I got to Edinburgh, this was before, you know, after Baron and all that, when all these things started happening. But, um, you know, being with my wife and well, my girlfriend at the time, uh, helped me through it. And, you know, it's made me, it's made, it's opened my eyes to a lot of things and it's made me who I am. Thank you for sharing that. And she was your wife. You just didn't know it at the time. <laughs> That's all that was going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let, let's uh, let's transition a little bit. We kind of go into the final, into the home stretch. Um, what do you miss about about being a brother, Cap Five Sigma? Well, and it's not about being a brother. You are a brother. But what do you miss about the day to day fraternity life? It was just like, you know, all the other guys have pretty much said the same thing. It's the experiences. It's the fellowship. It's, you know, you know, that was quite a long time for me, you know, you know, being at the key sport with everybody. But it still was incredible just to grab this person or grab that person and let's go do this or, or let's go shoot, you know, shoot the pop down at the at the uh, court or anything like that. Any um, uh, any standout experiences? Oh dear God! Um, didn't someone get the pledges arrested for being on top of the union building? Oh man! I, <laughs> and a certain uh, horse was in a certain tree. Yeah, campus. I heard yeah, about that. I mean, <laughs> there there were so many. I mean, there every day was a new experience, and that's what was so incredible about it. You know, it was all right. What did this person do now? Or you know, I you know, just our our silly, you know ridiculously crazy meetings we had done, you know, in the, uh, I guess, what, what was that building the student union, The student though. union building? With, the student. No, we didn't have them. We had them in like a classroom or something, didn't we? Uh, I thought we utilized the, uh, the, um, the meet, well, wherever, wherever student council met, where we met. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was over in that other building, though. It was like mm-hmm. the engineering building. They had their own room. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I just miss everybody. I think about those times quite often. Um, you know, I was distraught when, when we were on, uh, what do you call it, on the uh, Friday night happy hour. And I went and my wife said, what's wrong? And I said, I, I had no idea that Michael Bolden had died. And, and I was, I, you know, him and I hung out quite a bit. Um, I used to crash in his room when I wasn't living on campus for that half a semester. I wasn't there. And, um, I, I always wondered, you know, where he was and what he was doing and hoping to God he was fine. And that, that, uh, that struck me a couple of weeks ago, pretty bad. I understand. Um, and that's, and that's tough. And I think it, it definitely impacted everybody. Um, a lot of people mm. didn't see it coming and, and those that were closest to him, you know, and really make it a point to, to memorialize him, uh, whether it's on Facebook or, you know, whenever conversations occur. Um, so, mm-hmm. so where does your, uh, you know, I, I usually ask this question, I'm going to start reframing it, but I'm going to try one more time. Uh, where do your thoughts go when you hear Good Night Saigon? And when was the last time you heard it? Uh, I hear it often. I'm, I'm a Billy Joel fan. And if, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I picked that song or recommended it to everybody because I was such a huge Billy Joel fan. Um, you know, it, it always goes back to you guys. I think of, um, I'm not sure who exactly said it, but, you know, it was the line, we all go down together. Um, you know, we were always thinking we were the underdogs and in, in our escapades at McKeesport. And, um, it definitely takes me back there. Um, that's, you know, I, 
yeah, that's <laughs> you guys come up every time, and there's not any one individual. It's everybody together. It's our whole entire group that um, you know just pops into mind and makes me think long and hard. Mm-hmm. And what do you uh, what do you want to see from from everybody reconnecting and, and so forth? I mean, I know that you know that time will run out where we're we're all going to be home on Friday nights. Uh, what do you want to see when this is over and we're able to travel and whatnot? What are you hoping for? What am I hoping for? Well, first, I didn't expect anything at all. I, I, I didn't expect the welcome that I got. Um, you know, I basically went and did what I did and, and with my life. And, um, you know, I assumed everybody had just gone on and, and done their thing. So when, when I heard about this, when Damon or Dennis called me and said, um, Hey, you know, there's this zoom thing going on and you should really, you know, jump on. And I'm like, all right, I'll give it a try. And I, I clicked that button and I was just like, Holy heck, this is absolutely incredible. I, I Mo, I can't thank you enough for setting it up. It, it's been, it's been a huge eye opener. Um, what I expect going forward is hopefully to rekindle, you know, some of these relationships that we've I had way back when, um, you know, and they had, rem- you know, said that, you know, possibly getting together at some point here in the near future. Um, I, 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 I am ecstatic. I can't even, words can't put it, <laughs> put it, put a, uh, I can't put words to it. it. It would be absolutely incredible to see everybody once again and, and just to shake people's hands and, you know, yeah, uh, give me a hug. You know, a, give everybody a hug. I, 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 it's, it's, it's incredible to me. That's wonderful. And, and I hope it happens sooner rather than later. Uh, I also, I'm Amen. not going to take, I can't take, a, I can't take the credit for it. I mean, I, I created a Zoom account and send out the link, but Habib was really the one that, that really said, you know, I really wish. And I said, all right, let me, let me see what I can do. Let me see what I can, if I can rally some people and people can rally some other people. And that's, that's essentially what's happened. Uh, so, wow. Yeah. yeah. Denny had said he was talking about coming to Pittsburgh and I said, Hey, just, you know, give me a little bit of notice being that I make my own schedule. I can usually, especially in the evenings, you know, make things happen. So, um, that, yeah, yeah. Denny had said that to me as well. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't until, uh, the last couple of weeks that Pittsburgh's all of a sudden become, uh, a, a, not a bucket list, but, uh, but definitely on my agenda of places to go visit. Uh, and it's all because <laughs> well, you're of you always guys. welcome here. We, uh, I have a, a a big couch and a fireplace and everything in the basement. We only have three bedrooms with four of us, so <laughs> I live in a modest home. <laughs> no worries, no worries. I, you know, it's it's what it is, man. And we've always shared whatever we had uh, with each other. Absolutely. So, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Okay. All right, there. Last question for you. Um, Anything that you would like to say to the Brotherhood? Um, anything that maybe we've left out, or you know, just just your words to them. Here's your here's your time to say whatever it is that you'd like to everybody, and and uh, everybody's been so so open and so grateful about getting back together that uh, I've gotten nothing but great feedback about the podcast. But this this seems to be the one segment uh, where everybody really. Um, connects with everyone else and, and just understands where everybody's coming from. So, you know, feel free. You, you've got Absolutely. an unlimited yeah, amount of I time. Mean, I, I, I thought about it cause you had given me these questions and I was like, you know, what, what can I say that, you know, I'm not looking to influence anybody or I'm not looking to sway anybody's opinion or change who they are. So I, I just, a couple of words of wisdom that I, I live my life by as I thought would be the uh, proper place to put these. Um, my number one, and I've said it probably numerous times because it comes out of my mouth often, um, make it happen. Um, no one's going to do anything for you. you you've just got to make it happen in life. And the other one is uh, treat people how you want to be treated. Um, you know, I, I, that was a hard lesson for me in, in my life. And now that I've realized that that's, you know, you don't, you know, you get, you get more bees with honey and um, treating people as you want to be treated. Sometimes, you know, you think it backfires, but uh, karma always comes around, and I love watching it happen. Um, those, that, that's it. That, I, I don't have much to say. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I tend to be fairly simple. Love it. Okay. Well, we've been speaking with Daryl Sheeran, uh, father of two boys, husband, and former Penn State McKeesport, Penn State Barron, and Edinburgh University grad. Uh, Daryl, it's been great reconnecting. I uh, can't wait to publish your, your podcast and see you tomorrow night on, uh, at happy hour. Uh, thank you so much you know, for spending time with us and sharing your story. And to all the brotherhood out there, extended family, close family and friends, uh, have a great night. Stay safe. Stay healthy during this pandemic. And we hope to be together soon. Good night.